Welcome to the Bullcaster Podcast, episode 47. Our guest today is one we've been looking forward to for a while, Sean Buer. Sean said in the beginning of this thing that he'd rather not, but if we got in a bind, he'd give us a hand, he'd be on the show. Well, here we are. We're in the bind. He's dialed us in, and he's going to be here much to his dismay, I think. Um, but we're we're stoked to hear some cool stories and hear more about the guy that's been in the sport since the 90s and not just as a uh, photographer, which I think a lot of people these days know him as. So I'm really stoked to get him on and start chatting with him a little bit about those things. But before we do that, we got a few things to talk about with the current events, and it's mainly because it's about as current as it gets. We are recording on Saturday after an LAKC practice. What is today? The 16th? Yes. Uh, and this thing, I'm going to be in the editing room a-, a la my office. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Doing the thing on Monday. This thing goes on Tuesday. So it's literally boom, 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 making it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a few things have happened since the previous episode. Uh, um, obviously, Tricy for you and mm-hmm. my, you know, run around uh, up north. But let's go ahead and knock yours out, bud. Uh, Tricy, uh, round number five. five, right? Yeah, yeah. So round five, um, got another poll for the year. Stoked on that. I think that's my second one. David Vasquez was down here, so it's always good to run against him and have him to compare to. Race to the line with him in, in the first heat. Unfortunately, had an incident in the second one, so started from the back for the main. But went from uh, about eleventh or so and made it up to third and was you know catching the leaders. Uh, but overall, I mean, besides the the incident here and there throughout the year, the the pace is good, the go karts rolling, and I'm looking forward to doing some more races. You know, finishing out Tri C, and then doing those travel races throughout the year. Well, and like you mentioned, actually getting a chance to roll with David Vasquez, which actually mm-hmm. in the very first season we rolled together in 2017, Vasquez and myself. We're at the sharp end, and then you were there as well. I was and, just right in and third. third, right? But mm-hmm. we—that was the last time you got a chance to to run with him and yeah. on a regular basis. And actually, that David hadn't been back here for a bit until I want to say the previous round. Yeah, round four. I think it was his first time back in two, three years or so, and right. he hadn't seen the new tracks so. right before twenty nineteen. So he, yeah, he's brand new to the whole layout right but he ran around here in 17 18 actually one of the races towards the end of the season the finale i believe in 18 when he won the championship that's right yeah. he was here for that one so mm-hmm. getting a chance to kind of rub elbows with him what was that like getting a chance to race with david again uh these last couple of times and maybe for you measure yourself a little bit it's good um i definitely want to go straight up against him with pace and see where i'm at and so far i think i've been fortunate enough to be a little bit quicker um but as soon as I get around him, he's right there. I mean, right. I'm not. He's obviously a sharp dude, and he's going to figure it out. I think you guys um, even tied for fast lap in oh, one of the in sessions wa- in warm up. Yeah. We put down the same time. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. Um, I hadn't had that happen since like purity back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's he's a he's the perfect guy to to run against. Obviously, when he goes to big events, he's one of the guys to beat. Um, and he's really good to race with. I mean, he's going to be aggressive, but he's going to leave you room and. What I like about David is if you race him good and clean, he's going to do the same. But if right. you start throwing it in, he's going to do the same. And yeah. He's definitely the race how you want to be raised kind of dude. For sure. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to see. I mean, hopefully he does that Phoenix race. I'm not sure if he's going to, but. Right. Because you're going to try to do the showdown uh, later this year. And then obviously you were talking about doing the. Uh, I'll do a, a cup, cup carts. carts at Indy. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to do that with uh, Race Factory and Co. Um so hopefully when I go to another track that I haven't been to that he's a little bit more familiar with, I can keep up that same momentum and right. you know, really see if I can rub elbows with him there. But no, I love running with him and 
mean, I hope he loves running with me. Yeah, <laughs> so. we always do, right? But yeah. uh, you're you're rolling well in uh, in Tri C and you got the point lead right now. And actually, lately you got a chance to try a couple different things. We yeah, we've been talking about it about trying these different tracks, and you've actually had the opportunity with HRT mm-hmm. to not only try. Adams, which we had said multiple times is on the list, yeah. but you actually got out to Apex as well. So what was that like? Because for you, up to then, you'd only been to, uh, to Willow. Yeah, exactly. So you and I did the Willow uh, trip uh, just after the shutdown. Uh, but man, to finally go to Adams was was awesome. I mean, I'd been there a handful of times with you and, and you know some other people just there to watch and hang out. But to finally drive was awesome. Um, it was myself, the girlfriend Heather, and then... Uh, Kyle and his wife Callie. So we went with them and we jumped in um Callie's Rock Shifter. And we all did a few sessions in that. And I was really hoping that I would be in something a little bit slower for my first time at Adams, <laughs> especially with kind of, I mean it being an old school tight track, but and, and having virtually no time in shifters. Uh, if, yeah, for very, sure. very little. Yeah. So I mean, didn't stall it. I got around just fine. You know, <laughs> brought back the car to recession. But it's cool, man. I mean, you're it's a shifter, so I'm doing a little bit more thinking and a little, and definitely paying a little bit more attention because there's more going on. But it's when you're at a different track and at, as one as tight as Adams, you really have to be on top of your shit. Um, now, I, I think that being said, it's easy to get into a rhythm there, just like any other track where you start putting in some laps and stuff. But the really cool part was to be driving it and think back to like all the stories we've had on right. the show, you right. know, and just. It is that big a part of karting. Mm-hmm. So to finally drive it was really neat. Um, and I want I want to go back and run like a KA there or something just to go turn some laps because I think that'd be the perfect speed for that track. The other track we went to was Apex, and I drove my uh, uh, the 206 there I've been racing, and that was cool too. I mean, both of those tracks are cool because they have some some bank corners. Uh, a few spots at Apex have some decent elevation change and. I don't know if it's decent for everybody else, but for me, where I come from, Cal Speedboard, it's a gradual climb right, and gradual right. drop. It's pretty neat. But it was cool that, you know, it's you got the 25 feet of track and then you have dirt. So it was cool to really make sure you're staying on your shit. Yeah, you got to be <laughs> you know? on top of it. And yeah. I think that's one of the things, to your point about the, the elevation change or like the banking or what have you, when you come from Cal Speed is your main place. Yeah. Anything else has got more to it because this is a parking lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And to your point, the edge is dirt elsewhere yeah. or grass or what have you. So having to be spot on or beyond your point, you know, you're going to feel the the repercussions of your actions if you get it wrong. Right. Um, yeah. And I think getting a chance to try those different tracks with the banking and stuff like that for you, like there's, we went to Willow. There's no real banking there that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the, you know, you can go off. It's pretty yeah. skinny. It's pretty old school, but it was. It's it, an easier it, track to figure and, out. And it's shorter yeah. too, right? But uh, to get a chance to do these other ones, it, it must have been. It must have been good for you to. Hey, I've done it. I've, yes. I've, I've scratched off the list. No, it, it was. I mean, that's the biggest part to finally like. It's a weight off the shoulders, if you will. And as a driver, it's nice going to the other tracks and you not feeling slow. Right. You know? Right. Um, I was you the only two hundred six at Apex, but I was the fastest two hundred six. There and, you go. Um, <laughs> I think I was uh, a little off Cali in the shifter. She might have been beat me, but I think she just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Is way way more on the gas Short than shifting. I am. Yeah, <laughs> but um, no, it was it was cool to finally say that I've been there and driven it. Um, and hopefully I can do one of the 
Tri C Summer Night Races, I think was right, call right. and try to do 100 CC there. But it's I want to go back. That's a it's a blast. Well, I you had a, an eventful uh, about a month or so since our last recording. Yeah. Here. Obviously, the thing that's been hanging over my head, we've been talking about it for yeah. a while, is that the trip up north and back home to to Camby, Oregon, and doing Pat's a Cali Acres. Rock race, not in Cali, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's obviously weird. But uh, yeah, California Rock Championship at uh, Pat's Acres. So that's been on your radar all year. That's been the plan. Yeah. But the biggest thing too is, if anyone's listening to the show, that that's your home track. So right. it's more than in home track is like your childhood. Right. So it's yeah, exactly. Like I know Rob Howden and uh, and some of the guys are talking about how I have tons of laps there, and I've got yeah, okay, I have some laps there, but I'm not like the locals do. I would assume those guys have been pounding laps out well, for it's a been while. About Twenty years. Well, for me, it feels like <laughs> so. it. Yeah, I mean, it was. I want to say it was 14 years since the. Is that right? I think it was 14. I okay. can't remember. We we talked about it in a previous one, but it's been a while. Yeah, since I've been out there and, and been running, dude. Seriously, first session out, I felt like I was out to lunch. Like, oh, what really? the hell are you doing? Was your first session in a hundred? Because I know you said you had. Yeah. Okay. So I was talking about trying to do uh, with my buddy Joe Filipenko and maybe jumping in his world formula, what have you, but. Uh, Jim Barry and his uh, and his kid Eric Day they ended up showing up and making things happen. So we actually cool. did 100 CC the whole time. Nice. So yeah, we just hit the ground running on the optional practice day, and it was about me learning and trying to figure things out again. Um, long story short, because I could go a long time on uh, on pats and stuff like that, but uh, it 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 couldn't have been more special. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, we we didn't have the qualifying that we wanted, uh, so we ended up starting. We didn't have it. It would have been nice to have more people in the class for sure, and that's right. that's one of the challenges to, to masters, which maybe is a it's a bigger conversation in another podcast. But it, we had five guys, and and it was solid at the front, and it was a challenge. We didn't qualify as well as we needed to, and the way that the format worked is you started where you qualified, so it was third, third, third. Oh, on, wow. on day okay. one, and uh, we ended up winning all the heats, uh, won the pre-final, won the main. So it it couldn't have gone any better that way. But really what made it special was going back home, staying at my parents' house that live eight minutes from the track, Yeah, and driving up to the track, seeing the improvements that the Eggers have done with mm-hmm. Pat's Acres. The last, again, the last time I was there was, I mean, oh, 2000 eight, hmm. seven, something like that. Um, and the last time I raced, I think I went back and looked, it was like 2008. So and was like, it in a world formula? Yeah, it was a world formula for a gold cup. So, which again, we said in a previous, I think last episode, but getting a chance to go there and and see things and then having people on, like having friends and family on the sidelines. So there's, mm-hmm. I think other people who have gotten a chance to race elsewhere, but then go back home there's a, a different feeling about racing in front of, quote, the hometown crowd. Yeah, right. Even though nobody cared that Mike Smith was there. Like, right. nobody did, except for my parents mm-hmm. and a couple of you know, the friends that I knew and some of the other people yeah. that were supporting me. And it, that was a, a, it was a super cool experience that I don't think I've ever had before. So, yeah, we won the, 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 the event. Uh, we got the ticket to Rock, yeah. so we'll be at Rock Vegas. Stoked on that. That was the that was the hope. That was the plan. We yeah. got it done, and yeah, we're gonna go do things in Vegas. But it was such a cool experience. Uh, and just to speak to Pat's real quick, what a fun track! It's oh, okay, yeah, 
fun to drive. Mm-hmm. You're talking about elevation change at Adams and, and Apex. Pats is a bit of a roller coaster. It would be, I mean, I've seen video of Shano in Wisconsin, and everybody I've talked to says that place is nuts. This might be the West Coast Shano as far as the amount of up and down and crap like that, but I know it's not the same. But when you're watching from the sidelines, drivers will be there. They disappear. They be there. They disappear a little bit in a couple different corners. But it's old school. It's skinny. It's real easy to to be defensive and Mm -hmm. not get past. It's a tough joint. It's a tough place. And I will say this, too. Watching the senior race there with 20-some-odd drivers. Yeah. A fun one to watch. Those right, guys are making making things happen here at Pats. But um, anyways, but, yeah. I mean, so, just, just really quick. I mean, you're talking about the experience of it, right? And and that's kind of the coolest part is having the chance to go to these other tracks and do these big races. But like we've always mentioned, and the show's been a big staple of that, is the, the off-track stuff, right? Hanging out in between and just enjoying right. being there, right? I mean, yeah. you're not up at uh, Pats every weekend, so making right. the most of it and really enjoying what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's and supposed it's supposed to be super it, fun. I mean, e-carding used to set it. I know. I mean, even Sean Bure is uh, taking pictures of it. What it's, it's picturesque, right? It's yeah, it's different. Yeah. It, it ain't going to get no CIK rating anytime soon with yeah. the amount of trees around it, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you're in danger or nothing like that. It's, it is just pretty. It's fun. There's a, a couple of, Osprey. Oh wow. That are in a uh they're they're literally in a tower and they show up every year mm-hmm. on their their migration. But they just they dude, you don't have that anywhere. We don't have that cow speed. No, right? we have B migration, yeah. unfortunately. They're, that's funny. We do. We literally do. <laughs> There's it it's so cool with the river there and nice. everything like that, the shade. In between sessions the, you're going fishing, a little huckleberry. You could if you wanted to. You <laughs> could. It's it's so awesome. It was it was awesome to be there again. It was cool to see how the place had grown. They've the Eggers done an awesome job with it. Um, it was just super cool for me to get a chance to go and do that because I don't know the next time I'm going to be up there. So yeah, no, it was good. You you got the ticket, man. That was yeah. the whole point, you know. No, exactly. And then yeah. you're back here in Fontana, just waiting for the LKC tomorrow. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of can't wait, I'm sure our guest can't wait. Uh, to get back on board with Every the game Every week he's here. been texting us. Yeah. Can I get on the show? Can I get on the show? Well, yeah. guess what? You can. And without further ado, let's get this guy on here, Mr. Sean Buer. Sean Buer, thanks for taking the time to come out here and, and hang out with us. I I know this was not top shelf of the things that you were planning on doing, but all joking aside, really appreciate you uh, you being out here and, and hanging out with Derek and I. So uh, I'm allowed to speak now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just you sat through the. Uh, oh my God, I had so much to say regarding your uh, current events on that, um, <laughs> Derek. I'm proud of you for going to uh, new tracks and branching out on that. Thank you. The as uh, someone who uh, started karting at Adams and uh, at Apex when Apex was running the other direction, and I'd say probably a third of the sh- third shorter, probably maybe mm. even half shorter, because they added some to it. Didn't yeah, they it? added a big section and then started running it the other right. direction. When and I was there, back in the day, we did it both directions, but like the standard direction was opposite of what it is now. We went one way, and when the bikes went out, they went the other. I'm like, the other looks badass. Oh, interesting. Like, yeah. Dude, which way did you go, Derek? 
Um, we went clockwise. Okay, yeah. So we used to run a standard. Standard. We used to run counter. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So the bike. My one and only black in. flag was given standard clockwise at uh, at Apex by Mr. Jerry Henderson himself. Dot oh, dot nice. dot. Yes. Something exactly. we'll get back to for sure. So yeah. already, what's happened right now is that anybody who knows you these days, at least in current circles, knows that you are a badass behind the camera. Or at least I'm the guy with the camera. You have a camera. Yeah, I have a camera. The results seem to be badass. So, some of them turn out okay, yeah. <laughs> so you end up doing all the, uh, I usually ask people, what do you do, nine to five, things like that, which I'm still going to ask you. Okay. But I think people know you, at least in karting circles these days, here at CalSpeed, you do all of the arrive and drive stuff here for everything that we do, taking pictures. And then you were also the primary guy at the Challenge of the Americas, and typically the CRC. Yeah, I'm uh, officially Andy, Andy's bitch slash media director slash whatever on the Challenge of the, <laughs> uh, the America stuff on it. So I handle uh, you know uh, website entries, right? You know, on site interviews, photos, our post event magazine, the immediate immediate coverage for. Andy and the CRC or the Challenge in the Americas is going to be through you. And I know even before, a lot of people know, aside from the pictures, we you did all the videos, et cetera, for the Grands, the 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 Grand Nationals, the Sport Car Grand Nationals that happen at Cal Speed. But you're also the guy who does the magazine with us, the magazine yeah. with Challenge, things like that. Yeah, no, it's the, the uh, you know, current evolution, if you just met me, that that's the... Uh, exactly that, that's, that. Those are the two things that you would know me from at the, at the car track. However, sure. what you just mentioned is about Paris and about, you know, Apex there and, and Adams about driving things. Every, you've yeah, been, it's not my first day. You've been around for... A month of Sundays, as my dad would say. It, you, oh, that's a good a, a long time. But what do you do before we start going way back in the day and we start the, getting, getting the way back it? machine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aside from doing the photography thing and you know the 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 media support and things like that for Cal Ooh, Speed. Media support, I like that. And he usually just refers to me as his moral jockstrap because I'm there for his support. <laughs> What? I guess Eric Thompson's not doing a good enough job. No, no, oh, no, no. He's been he, he's been fired. He didn't go to Idaho. <laughs> what? What's the nine to five? Like, because you're not just doing the the. Okay, so first stuff. of all, you know that I charge extra if I have to be before nine. This is true. Yeah, this uh, is true. N- nine to five. My my real day job is I'm the editor of uh, CNC West Magazine. I'm uh, and I do freelance graphic design and photography for a couple of different industries. And not only do you do those things, I know also you'll be a part of special projects, whether that be photography itself or other things from yeah, ran, ran, random stuff, yeah. weddings to all kinds of crazy stuff. But your primary is the CNC, is the photography on the side. But then, as you say, the special projects as well. Yeah, the uh, I uh, I threw a Google search yesterday on me to see what was coming up lately because it used to be uh, Memo Gidley's Secrets of Speed. For whatever reason, that thing would always come up. Did top. you do the photos for that? I did the photos for that for two of them. Okay, and it's like then three or four, isn't it? I think there was three. But I, I, the, it, yeah, it's a different story. But the, uh, <laughs> but we also then uh, published them later on in Go Racing Magazine. So we'd have, uh, I think we for sure did oh, the four, right. yeah, like, we did uh, the four cycle one for sure, and I, yeah. and I think we did one of the other ones too. And I like that you can even like Google yourself, Sean Beer. No, because I want to know because you guys, if you did your job, which I'm assuming you didn't, would. <laughs> 
<laughs> at least look and see what it was when you Googled me, what would come up, right? Like it's your guest and you know, whatever. And so it used I to be- I already know you. Yeah, I know you do. do it, it used to be when, you know, Google was a new thing. There was a time that I did Google myself as an example to my wife's more elderly mother than, you know, my mother was to prove a point. And a review I wrote regarding condoms on Amazon using my own name <laughs> is what came up as the first thing. The first thing. First thing. And it was a classic review, and it still has the best rev- the star ratings of helpfulness on Amazon for my reviews. But it didn't prove the point that I was trying to achieve on that, that aspect. you've done something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when I threw the Google on me, and the uh, it was uh, a once you got past the condom review, you got into your no, that wasn't life. that wasn't there anymore. The uh, uh, it was it was mo- it was mostly CNC stuff. That's but the um, uh, oh, lately, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the number one was a uh, article from uh, like the Modesto Times or like one of those on uh, Ryan Finney. When he was wow. running Formula BMW in like 2013, they had interviewed me for a couple of quotes regarding him on the stuff. And I had, I don't even remember doing the interview. Like the quotes are 100% me, like I did it. But it was, <laughs> right. like, you know, it was, I don't even remember doing this. I mean, I like the Finneys. I don't remember doing this interview. Yeah. And it was, you know, here's these quotes from me on this interview of this local kid that's running Formula BMW and his brother's coming up through the series and his mom's doing, you know, wrenching for him at the track. And it was like, oh, that's interesting. And then the next thing came up was the mayor of London. For I followed him around for a couple of days last month, maybe a month before that. As <laughs> you know, I literally went on the Universal Studios tour with the mayor of London as you know the photographer documenting one of the random things the, you got a chance a ran, to do. a random thing that you know that I that I got to do, and it was like okay, I mean completely two opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum on that. And then you know the next day, yeah, come to Cal Speed and shoot uh, concession carts. And, and do you know <laughs> sport carts? What I like to call? Oh, it. sorry. Port, yeah, well, I I went without fun carts. carts. I thought I was doing you a favor there. All right, so fun <laughs> carts. Uh, the, the, the I, I like the fact that you could even do Google. I mean, Derek could probably get away with it, but what if I spell it right, obviously, Mike Smith on Google yeah, is a waste of time, bro. Well, I mean, oh, so I going back do. to the name thing, real quick. Yeah, thanks for spelling it right. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I didn't put in what Sean Burr was uh, up to on Google. So That's you know, admittedly, I just went with that. Might have been that. better results. I I hear he's a really good interview. <laughs> <laughs> should have snagged him. I should have definitely. Yeah, the uh, the tongue in cheek there is obviously we had a small hiccup with the small. Uh, it's it, no, it is no small one because noticed. one letter. No one noticed. No, <laughs> and and it's a common spelling. I mean, ninety percent ninety percent of the people can't spell my name. I mean, it's a difficult name to spell. Sean, for only, sure. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and Sean. I mean, there's S-H-A-W-N. multiple ways. Yeah, or S H A U N. I mean, it's you know. I don't oh, take yeah. offense to you know being called the wrong thing. I mean, people call me Burr every oh, day. Oh, you're of, talking about your last name every day. Of my, every day of my life there, and you know, there's a good story regarding the Sean Burr guy and the CNC magazine and carding related. Odenthal Manufacturing, who makes the most amazing engine mounts, right? He has a CNC company. Like they are legit aerospace supplier. Oh like, wow full, legit CNC manufacturing company. And so I ran into him in the Pacific Northwest at one of Raleigh's races and stuff. And he says, hey, you know, there's this guy named Sean Burr. His name's spelled almost just like you. And I said, well, that guy's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and and David's like, oh, what? I'm all, I mean, he's not, you're not wrong. Oh, no, he's yeah. not, 100% not wrong. And I'm all, yeah, that guy's a real dick. And he's like, oh, why would you say that? I'm all, because it's me, David. It's the same guy. I'm sorry. And so I've known him for, you know, 25 years at the time, probably, 20 anyway, and he just thought my name was B-U-R-R, and so he knew the I C&C guy's name was B-U-U-R, and thought, hey, that's really similar. Same guy. 
I, that totally reminds me of Star Wars. Obi Wan from the opening, the first one. He goes, "Of course I know him. He's me." Oh, that's He's right. Me. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, it was one Let of those. The person and, get through the spiel. Yeah. And then to tie it all together, I went and did an interview and an article on uh, Odendal Manufacturing for the CNC Magazine. Nice. As you would have to. At you, that you, point. I mean, yeah. you do. I you mean, can't, it, you can't help yourself. You, you can't. Well, you can't help yourself. And I mean, it's a, it's a David struggle. David referred you. You know, it's a right. <laughs> it's you know, it's a struggle to find uh, people that are willing to let some you know idiot in the shop with a camera and do these interviews and stuff for your CNC manufacturing. So I had an in. He, <laughs> right. He, he knew a guy that sounded almost like my name, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah. He uh, put in a good word for me, and I, once I was knew there. a guy I, who was I, a lot like that. It's very similar. Turns out, yeah, same very very dude. similar. A little actually, older. Yeah. I actually, having been a part of manufacturing, I know that like just throwing somebody in there, the the shots that you're snagging though, mate. I mean, watching some of the stuff that you've put out there for the CNC mag, it's clean. Like it. Well, these it's random. Places are clean there well i mean it's part of my spiel when i go into these shops right because i go in blind so i don't know you know most of our leads come legitimately from sales guys so if you sold a machine brad packard i'm looking at you <laughs> the <laughs> brad packard funny. who used to run used to Cal run speed run cow speed who now is uh involved in cnc machining himself um we get these referrals from the sales guys. Hey, I just put in this million dollar machine at the shop. Hey, would it be okay if the magazine came and did a profile in the shop and we highlight the machine, right? Because they're all our advertisers. And so we fluff up, you know, whoever it is, right? Right. And so, okay, you go into the shop and, you know, they don't know me. They, they have no idea. All they know is that they just bought a million dollar machine. Maybe they had a discount. Maybe they didn't. It's, but eh, it's free press. And as much as an acquired taste as I am, like it's not a lot of their time, right? But you're showing up with a suit and a tie. And well, a little... at least a polo and a pair of pants, not not <laughs> not, not my usual hat and with sandals on. And sandals, yeah, yeah. flip flops, yeah, flip flops, yeah. warehouse. And I try to refrain on the f bombs as much as possible. Like I mean, hard hat. What are you yeah. talking about? Oh yeah, I had steel toed shoes. Get out I, of here! I have California work boots, man. They're called <laughs> rainbow sandals, man. Come on. And uh, you know, so you, you get these shops, and so I don't do any research because salespeople lie, right? So like. I'll get an example of, you know, hey, our new machine saved uh, or doubled the production output of the our competitor's machine. All right. Right away, we know that's not true, right? Because all of these machines are really well made. Like any of the manufacturers are doing a really good job on their stuff. There isn't really a piece of crap out there. There's horses for courses, of course, but no one's doubling anybody's production by switching yeah. machine unless they were literally chiseling something in stone. Yeah, right? no one's buying that POS on yeah. the side that yeah. you know, can't run. No, yeah. exactly. And so you, you go into these places and they, they just lie. So I, I, in the beginning, I did a lot of research and it just didn't pay off because you end up with you know an owner that doesn't talk or an engineer that's you know shouldn't be let out of his mom's basement or it's one, <laughs> it's one guy and a dog and one machine. So you just don't know. And so I don't do any research. I go in completely blind and wing it as far as, well, hope our personalities don't collide. And here you go. And some days, I mean, I li I've met with, you know, the owners of these, you know, insanely huge companies that are, you know, selling direct to Boeing, all this stuff. And then literally a guy, a dog, and you're having to walk on pallets because there's so much oil on the floor, you know? So you just don't know. And, but most of them are clean because you're not doing work for Boeing and have a piece of shit looking company right right <laughs> like right. it's yeah. just absolutely yeah they're doing their research yeah, yeah. yeah. It, you know it's a good business like yeah. it's tech driven it's you know for the most part it's pretty clean you know depending on the processes that you're doing and everything and i'm not there reporting on you know 
1980s technology. Well, I'm there yeah, because me they're if I'm wrong. It. You're you're there to hype them up, to pump them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're they're not going to get any sales out of it. They just get a little bit of street cred in the industry because I mean, the magazine's been around for 40 years. The we print mm-hmm. 20,000 issues, like legitimately print, print on paper. That's old crazy. school magazine. Yeah. 20,000 issue uh, copies every other month, and it's an industry staple here for the West Coast manufacturers. Wow. So it it is. But it pisses me off though, because you look at these ads and you see, you know, a brand spanking new machine in studio lighting, and you're all, oh, that's what a nice machine shot looks like. Right. And then I'm in a shop that, you know, most of the time is pretty clean. Like I'd eat off the floor in a lot of the places without any problem. If I dropped my taco, I would totally pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're still got, you know, workstation. Like they're still they're not shutting down operations for me to come in there and shoot. Right, so right, like right. you know, if I'm lucky they'll let me, you know, move their guy around and pose him a little bit and, you know, do a fake little shot of him, you know, on the controls or him measuring right. something. So you're trying to work around them. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, I'm they're still doing it, their jobs. Yeah. They're yeah. they're st- they're still running. Like, you know, spindle time is important. Like yeah. you, you lose yeah. money every time that thing isn't running. And to do it for, you know, some idiot like me coming in to shoot a couple of photos, <laughs> like the authenticity of the photo doesn't have to be exact. It just has to be believable for the industry like right you know we want to see the guy's face when we take the photo a little bit of the at the controller but no one really the punches the buttons exists. on the controllers <laughs> the, looking at me slightly to the left yeah. you it's, know? it's not video no you're, you're taking a picture you can hide it and, and you and i have gone back and forth because i'll ask you to do something being you know the the lead at calspe like hey i need you to do something like ah, yeah i got this cnc thing i'm doing i'll get it to you when i get a chance so it's obviously the lead thing that you got going on, but I know that you've actually gone some places and it hasn't gone according to plan. Like I'm no. supposed to go to this place, I'm supposed to go to this place and no show, no show, didn't know I existed, so on and so forth. There's some challenges in what you do. I mean, there are first world problem challenges, of course, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you still wouldn't got that beer at the I, at the bar, right? At the <laughs> airport, I, like I, I still caught my flight, but I, the uh, the guy I had on uh, on Wednesday, he thought I was coming on Thursday. Aye, so aye, he aye. had le- the most legit surprise look on his face. That is crazy. Uh, and there was a calendar invite. There was emails back and forth. There was text messages back and forth. And, you know, the, I mean, you know, your dad's in, in the manufacturing on this aspect. It's a tech-driven company, yeah, or, it's you a, know, industry. For those so, of you playing the at-home game, CNC stands for Computer Numerically Controlled. Yes. It starts mm. with Derek, the word- we're looking at you. <laughs> Computer. I was um, ready to shoot my shot. Maybe yep. you didn't let me have it. No. Nope. The the it starts with computer. Yeah. And but yeah. you'd be surprised because I mean the industry. I mean I'm not a young guy anymore, right? So I'm almost fifty, but I am typically the youngest person in the room. It's an industry that is is aging out. Well, and, it's and, been and, a while. And there's you know there's a huge skills gap problem with with that industry where you know there aren't the young people coming into into the industry. You don't have the tribal knowledge that's being lost as you know these other guys right. are retired. You know what's crazy about that though is that. In my high school, we had a CNC machine. We had a CNC mill and lathe that we used. They call it a mini mill or right, right, whatever. Yeah, of but, right, but the tech, tech is still the same. Yeah, it just it, goes up. And I'm 40. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what happened? Like, how how is this Well, not... and, it's a, and it's a good career. Like, Google's machinists start at over 200 Gs Dude, a year. come on, guys. And they're, because and they're, the building, program- robot, they're building robot armies. Because of the programming. It's not about, I mean, even if you just punch the button, you, you can kill it. But the guys who can program shit. Well, and even the setup guys, I mean, there are so many aspects of it that, you know, men, women, 
you know, anybody, like it isn't a filthy job anymore where, you know, right. it's about yeah. the, ba- the back right. in the day. I mean, my family came from a printing business and printer's ink to this day is still one of the most disgusting items I've ever run across really? of, you know, tracking it. Like I had to change of clothes when I left my office wow. and I had an office job. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't run the machines all that often yeah. and I would change just my clothes minutes, yeah. just to get into my car because I'd come home and I'd put something away in the, you know, dirty clothes hamper and it would track onto my wife's clothes. Dude. It would track onto everything. It, like it's the worst thing, yeah. except that I still get excited when I walk into like a really nice expensive print shop and like that smell of ink is like the, <laughs> is the smell of money. You can't help yourself. I can't because you I know how much that stuff costs and you're like oh, oh that's man. the smell of money and see I, it's okay when i breathe like that derek because it was it was for an emphasis <laughs> yeah it's nice yeah there you go nice <laughs> i've been holding that in but i'll tell you what like having been a part of the manufacturing and so cnc and things like that uh that the place that my dad works for i was there for a while and die casting is what i was doing right and dirty Dirty yeah, yeah. work. You just you, and to your point. You you want to change your clothes, you right? But if you filthy. but if you went in there right now, they've changed processes since you've been oh, in there. No. And it's dude, absolutely. Yeah, I bet I haven't been there for. I mean, shit, damn near twenty years. Yeah, damn near twenty years now. So, it, I mean, it's still the the process itself is still you know dirtier than just you know running a, right. You know, a Swiss turning m- machine that's making watch parts, metal, yeah, and yeah, shit yeah. like that. So yeah. I mean that that nature of the beast is going to be more inherently dirty than you know some of these other ones. But I mean, you know. Uh, two wild carding. I mean, they've got a CNC machine shop. It's a fantastic shop, and they've got I don't know fifteen or so Haas CNCs. Yeah, in there. Well, and it's it, a, and it's a beautiful shop. And to your point, most of these shops you Jim, go to, you Jim's would got CNC machines. Right, right exactly. Yeah. I was actually just there not too long ago. At the end of the day, like you said, most of these places you could actually eat out the floor. Like right, they, like they actually take care of their shit. I've I've been in shops with Zambonis cleaning the floor, and they were you know making seven forty seven you know oh, doors. Wow. In one pass, that you is, could drive a Volkswagen Bug into the machine, and they could have machined it. Like it's insane. And there's literally a guy whose only job is to to clean the floors with a Zamboni. That is nuts. All right. So basically, the last ten minutes that Sean has been talking, Sean and Mike have been talking. Excuse me. Thanks um, for contributing, Derek. Yeah, exactly. No, but that was a glimpse of you as a um, you as a storyteller. You'll have a bunch of different stuff and a lot of information. So. Between carding, your job, your past, all this other stuff we're about to get into. I like that you called me a storyteller. I appreciate that. Well, and actually, that's what I was going to say. What's always been the neatest part is we'll get into veranda coffee a little bit later. But when we go Ooh, over to your house. Do we have a veranda coffee segment? Yeah, nice. we will. Yeah, we'll started. When we go over to your house and you share these stories, it's one story after another. Yeah, well, for the most part. Yeah. It is one story after another, whether it's carding or not. So that's always been kind of the cool part is you have done a lot of neat shit. Well, and almost anything that yeah, but I'm twice up, your age. I, you could be my child. You are. I mean, <laughs> I'd be, oh man, I'd, I'd, maybe. No, no totally. No, actually, I might you, pretty you could. easily. Yeah, way easily. Yeah, you are twice my age. But I all know. the experiences and stuff you've had, you're whether you've done it or not, you're just a smart dude and can roll with any kind of conversation. Which I've always thought was pretty neat. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, with I that, mean, I mean, to that point, you know a ton of stuff. Right, and so Derek and I, we're, Life we, we're, we're buddies, and so we end up we hanging out over there at the 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 beer palace, if you will, right? The veranda, uh, we like to call it, to go over there and, and bullshit. And there's a lot of bullshit. You know a lot of crap, and so it's a lot of fun to hang out with you. But maybe we get to some of that stuff here as we start moving forward. I have a list. I'm sure you do. Say down as we Man. start rolling into 
the actual karting and the racing and stuff like that. We, how did you get involved mm. in racing in general? What was your very first memory, if you will, about getting into racing? Well, I mean, first, really, we have to start by thanking all the people that have supported me over the years. So, uh, Go I'm, Racing Magazine. I'm going to delete this. You're not, because, you know, <laughs> every time I interview Mike Smith, I have to hear about Stilo Helmets. Oh, oh so, uh, I'm going to go. Point. In here, go, I thought I was doing a good job. You were. You're actually a great interview <laughs> on that aspect. Uh, go Racing Magazine, uh, AIM Sports, Trackside Racing, uh, Courtney Concepts, Motul, AFAM, Piss Performance, TNR, Grand Products, KMP, Speedway Transmissions, Rancho Auto Care, a Automotive, LT Clutches, Horseman Manufacturing, and MIR Racewear. RLV, Fullerton USA, Adams Kart Track, Two Wild Karting, Rib Tech, Fleming Race Engines, Nash Karts, Hyper Racing Engines, Tiller Tech, yes, a company called Tiller Tech, Challenge of the Americas, and Cal Speed Karting have all gotten me to this position where I'm here talking to you guys on a microphone. I can't help but feel you didn't say us. Well, that's because there's also a list. Oh. So people who this is the shit list, though. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, no, so, no. So, so apparently, uh, you know, we we you, you mentioned it earlier on how uh, you started promoting this before we even did the interview because there's a shortened <laughs> timeline, right? Right. No, no, so, no, no. That's the normal. We always put something on on Friday. No, no, no. Of course, the promotion itself was normal, but the fact that you didn't have the interview in the can oh, fair. Wa- yes, was yes, different. Yes. So we've been able to, you know, we'll just call it feedback <laughs> off uh, off of the uh, the different social media aspects that have been you know throwing stuff out there, and so there there seems to be a. Um, a common theme that I might name names. Yes, that has been a thing commented you know, on the. We've only had one post promoting the show up to this point, and so far, a lot of people from the industry have commented on this about you naming names, whether yes. it be on the post or private messages. Oh, we've yes. got some DMs on that. Nice. All right, yeah. perfect. So I'm going to start Shum naming names. Knows people. <laughs> so I'm going to start naming names. Let's hear this it. This is so, the point where we may edit out. No, we're not because. <laughs> The list is long, and this is only a partial list. Oh, wow. Because, I mean, I don't know what story we're going to get involved in. I don't know how to protect the innocent. The but not you got to so get this out. But I have to get it out. Okay. So this is That's a partial fair. list, not in any order timeline, just might not, not even be re- relevant. It will allow us to tag a lot of people. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> some good or some bad, but everyone here is guilty of the, you know, being a part of the 30 years that I've been involved in karting, right? So I'm going to start with Michael Schumacher. Wrong place, wrong time. Right. Of uh, 100%. <laughs> so number one, Michael Schumacher. Number two, Team Ort. That guy. Uh, Jacob Perlman, Jar Jar, the entire Jocelyn family. Matt Johnson, Mike Johnson, Billy Johnson, Dave Johnson. Pat Long, Tofi Stewart. Everyone ever associated with FTK, Full Figure Karting, and or the Challenge of the Americas and Gators. <laughs> Terry Nash, Seth Nash. Power Hungry Volunteers at PKRA and SDKA. I will never forgive you guys for your ridiculous rules at the scales on stupid bullshit. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Buddy Rice. Anyone who ever ran IKF Region 7, Mac, Big V, Stewie, Don. Anyone who ever ran? Yes. All of you. Since the 90s. Yes, specifically. Didn't matter where you started. Doesn't matter. Nope. Anybody who ran that series. Not not the series, but was the head of the series. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, anybody, anybody who also was involved in that too, but the head of okay. Region 7 that's at the time. That's good clarification, because you thought it was every like, entry well, ever. A little kid cart. That, that's <laughs> probably pretty good too, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Screw those kid carts on that aspect. That's a whole nother, whole nother segment. I'm going to go announcers. I'm going to go Chappie. Chappie gets a shout out. Dave Williams gets a shout out. I'm going to go G- Jerky Steve, Chris Eric, when I first started karting. I'm going to go Michael McDowell, NASCAR driver. 
I'm going to go uh, Randy Kugler and all former, current, future presidents or board members and the staff of the World Karting Association. I'm going to go Keith Freeber, Gary Hartman, Big Fat Rich, Paul Haraka, Czar, Faye Jens, the entire Humphreys family, Uncle Kyle, Robbie Mott, Doug Fleming, Brian Herta, Tim, Donnie, Nathan, TNR, Tiffin, anyone involved with the stars of karting, but specifically the nanny, Paul, Kirk, Kevin, or Megan, Mike Adams, Beanie, Bonner, Hippie, Joe Ramos, Rocky Moran Jr., Rocky Mart- Martinez, Troy Adams, Tamio Adams, any of the Adams family, Andy Seisman. I know I mentioned him already with the full figure carding, but he needs to be mentioned twice. AIM Sports from the top down to the bottom. We're talking Mike Janes. We're talking McDick. We're talking Micron Medium, Olga. Everyone is guilty there. Uh, past, current, future ownership employees of eCarding News and Howden Media Group. <laughs> Looking at you, Glenn, Jeff, Brian, Rob, Kim, Dave, Mike, Todd, Mark, and Alicia. Cody and Neelan, because what the hell, we'll give CKN a plug to. Nice. Jeremy Fair, my wife, and Ed Irving. And so there's names that I have named currently. I, and, and I as, missed all of that. Can you do that one more time? No, I, I, I can. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but he won't. <laughs> I have to ask you. Yes, sir. And maybe this is the product of being the last person on the game. Ed Irving. Who is Ed Irving? So you know Travis Hot Rocks Irving. I That's do. His grandpa yes. or his dad? That is his grandfather. Yeah, his okay. grandfather. And okay. so his grandfather had a boat on the same dock as my parents. Okay. And so this he, is so great already. He, he took me to. <laughs> I, I we'll we'll get back to how I started karting on that. But my first like kart race that I went to, Ed invited us out to SoCal Sprinters at Adams Kart Track. Because Travis was racing in like cadet, he was like six or something like that in four stroke. And so that was the first proper go-kart race that I went out to was at, at Adams. And the um, in case you guys don't know, the Adams family are a black family. Right. Which is super unique in karting, right? Absolutely. And the fact that they own the track and everything else. And then right. you know, not knowing the history of the, the place and how it's been around since the early 60s and everything else, I was a bit surprised. So I show up to the track, I get a pit pass, I'm standing there in the upper pits looking down at the races, and you know, you see there's black people here, there's long hairs, who turns out to be the Johnsons, who, you know, been decades long friends after this, right? You just call them long hairs. They are long hairs. They had their long hair. They were like <laughs> yeah. full on long hairs, right? Well Mike still does. I yeah, 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 yeah. And Matt Matt's, Matt's really cleaned up. Matt, Matt, yeah. Matt, has, Matt has cleaned up on that aspect. And so the you know, you're you're standing there between the upper and the lower pit area and I'm watching this race and it's the KT 100 race, which was the race that I was interested in because back in the day I was 125 pounds. Oh, wow. And so KT light was... You were 11. I was 23 or 21. Jesus That's close to 11. Something like that, yeah. It's <laughs> impossible. I, I don't weigh that much more now. You're not a big guy. I'm not a big... I'm dainty. <laughs> but <laughs> but I see, you know, these guys, you know, their hair's blown in the wind everything else and, you know, so, Derek, since you've just been to Adams, mm-hmm. so you know where the scoring shack is, right? Yes. So, there's a cutoff directly behind the scoring shack. So, if you don't go all the way into the Monza turn and then come back up on the other side between the pits, right, mm-hmm. you can do this short shoot cutoff area there. So, these guys are racing KTs and everybody goes through and this one guy cuts the track and T-bones another guy from the short shoot. It was during the session. During the race. Like, oh, during the race. During the race. They're racing. And this, this, this guy decides this guy, he wants to cut it. This guy cuts it and T-bones another driver. They're brothers. That was Billy Johnson and Dave Johnson. <laughs> and it was at that point that I realized that karting was awesome. That <laughs> there was brother on brother crime and like they, this and that this was a common occurrence. How do I get also, in on this? Right. And they also... <laughs> 
that was when the penalty for cutting the track popped up yeah. right there. Yes. That was it. Unbelievable. Yeah. They gave him the penalty for that, cutting the track, not, not <laughs> yeah, annihilating that, the other guy. No, they both got banned from SoCal Sprinters for like a year oh or whatever it was because that wasn't the first both altercation. Yeah. And because... Did he the, do it on purpose? Of course he did. Oh, my and gosh. there was the altercation that I didn't see previous to that where, you know, and I forget which... I think it was Dave cut the track, but I don't remember which one it was. And they were hotheads on that. Like, yeah. they were the two... I mean, Mike's an aggressive driver, Matt's an aggressive driver and everything and stuff on it. But Genetics. It's, yeah, but it's one of those things that like you treat them with respect, they treat you with respect. They're still going to race you hard and everything, but True. like they're Absolutely. not dirty drivers. Yeah. But Dave, they'd kill each other over a fourth place at a SoCal Sprinters race. <laughs> and so that was that was my first experience at That's a, how you got a legit, the car. When, and, when was and that? And Ed invited us to, to When to was that? The, I'm going to say probably 93, 94 maybe. So you're you're introduction into karting going out on the invitation of ed irving to go see travis race and then seeing these hey, guys that were out. that were related cut a track <laughs> to t-bone the other guy like destroyed cars like, yeah it was epic wow and you're like i need to get into and, this and, 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 like a sane person's all this is not for me i'm like take I my money love this now i love this i love, I love it. a couple stuff. long hairs a couple, I mean, it was. It was like, look, there's a black guy and a couple of long hairs. It wasn't what I, what you expected, right? I mean, right. it's the early '90s and stuff on it. Like you, you know, it wasn't as diverse a sport then. Right. Fair, yes, you know? absolutely. Yeah, I can't help but think of <laughs> Fast Times Ridge Mile High. Hell, I know that dude. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> dude. That's crazy. They That's m- awesome. More like they needed Spicoli with him. My dad's a TV repairman. He can fix it because <laughs> yeah. that was Dude. it. And so Speedway Transmissions, Mike Johnson's company there, they right. definitely they could definitely could have fixed it. So that was your Jesus. That was your first time seeing competition karting, yeah. et cetera, through and oh, I love it. We could literally take your list and just like this would be an eighteen hour show. We'll, well, going well we're gonna go down through the list of all your previous guests before me. Oh, nice. So that way, in case I miss somebody on my list, we can just add them, and I can just add to their, it's like, a, oh, yeah, I know that guy. It's that guy good did or bad, this. but they're on the list. Yeah, they're on the list. 36-hour yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. So, But we're going to trim it down as best we possibly can, and I want to ask you, after hearing the Ed Irving program. Right. You're going to go back to Michael got, Schumacher? No. He, was start, oh, he started the start. list. No, no, he did, but it didn't seem like it was chronological. No, so, it's definitely not. It was random. How did you get interested in racing at all? What? Just liked racing. Like, was your family in nope. racing at all? Nope. No racing interest in anything Nothing. on that. I just, you know, as a kid, I, you know, the only thing that was on TV was, you know, Indy 500, Daytona 500, and those that was about the only thing that you could watch because, you know, we had five TV channels. Right. In, and in, do, what year are we talking-ish? Yeah, probably early 80s. Early 80s. So you're watching... Yeah, because uh, I'm... Yeah, wait, yeah. The first 500 was 79, was it not? The televised one, I mean. Yeah, I'm old, but I definitely didn't watch the first one on that. Fair. That's but I, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm gonna I, say I'm gonna say mid eighties probably. Mid eighties. Yeah, so probably mid eighties. You start seeing it on the. Yeah, I'd probably say like junior high ish. Gotcha. So you're starting to see that there is racing, and you yeah. just it. And it was looks always cool. cool. Yeah, it, it looks, looks cool. It, it looked cool. And but you didn't. Like, your family is not in racing. We were not racing people. I mean, mm-hmm. we were, we raced sailboats. There was racing in the family. There was racing. We did, we did race. Uh, but sailboats. Yeah. Uh, Coronado 15s. My dad raced. Uh, Coronado is It's a 15-foot sailboat with, you know, one sail. How did you get into racing at all? And, and how old were you at the time? Uh, probably 20. 20? Yeah. I mean, and I may or may not allegedly have done any street racing with my uh, 1967 GTO uh-huh. in high school. 
But as far as like, you know, on a track, proper deal and everything, it was my parents took off to go visit my sister who was uh, a, living abroad as a student in uh, Norway. And I said, I want to go to the Jim Russell driving school. Oh, wow. And then I'm all, oh, or do I want to go to Skip Barber? Or do I want to go to Bondron? I mean, yeah. there was like... So for you, you were, it was... you. You had this spark to go, I want to try racing out. Yeah, and I had no idea where to start. Like so it, it was wasn't like bond around or like I didn't know karting was a real thing. I was like, just about to ask, like, did you have like how early on were you trying to go racing, do you think? Or wanted no, to do it? I don't know. I don't have a conscious effort or yeah. memory of like, I need to do this. Other but than the fact good... that my parents were out of town. I'm like, oh, and you know, I was, you know, twenty, living at home. And I was like, I'm bored. I think I'm just gonna go car racing. Well, and that's a good mm. question though, because you would think with the with zero know, experience with the right, yeah, GTO, we're talking about drag racing. So how do you yeah. not do drag racing, and instead you end up doing lefts and rights? Seemed harder. I don't know. I know we're disrespected John Force and those guys. I mean, they do some amazing stuff Obviously. at three hundred thirty miles an hour right? in, in a short distance. But, but um, for you, it was like let's make some corners. Like I, you know, because that's I, what we've I, been watching too. I mean, in high school, I'd go to like the NHRA drag race that you know at Pomona and stuff on it. But the you know, I I have a, a memory of doing an AYSO soccer bikeathon at Ontario Motor Speedway where you you know you you know hit up your grandparents to you know sponsor you for a nickel right, lap for how many right laps along, you yeah. laps you could pedal on your bicycle when right. I was like 12 or something like that. But never went to Riverside. I mean, I've been to the Marino Valley Mall now, but I, you know. you see, you're, you're a California kid. Yeah. You're a California kid, but you have not been involved in No, never been to Long, never been to Long Beach, never been. None to, of this n- stuff. None wow. of this stuff. And, they, and so your your parents go and, and go abroad because your sister's doing the, the Yeah, thing. they were gone for like a month or whatever it and, was, and I was literally bored. And, and, and I'm something all, popped up in your head going, okay. Well, there was nobody to you know say, don't spend the money, and there was nobody to say, that's not safe. And Did you have the money? I didn't, which is why I ended up at the Jim Hall School, because I found out karting was way more uh-huh. cost-effective than dropping the coin to So go to- you had seen the Jim Hall thing, you seen Russell, you yep. seen Bondurant or whatever, yep. and then budget-wise... Budget-wise, they weren't there. Karting was the game. Karting was it, and it was the, you know, and, you know, Jim Hall School was, you know, the shit of, right. of the day. And we're talking, again... Early 90s, like early 90, 90s. 93. And so the um, I'm confident on that. I'm 100 percent confident <laughs> that was 93. And so I went and did a beginner course, right? So it was like you know 300 bucks, and you got four hours at the beginner course. How'd you hear about it? Did you like, newspaper <sighs> or something yeah, like that? I, th- yeah. I want to say pages? I'm gonna say like Ed probably gave me a Carter News, and so I think the Jim Hall School had an advertisement. Gotcha. In, Which in uh, Carter correct News. me if I'm wrong. That was IKF. IKF that was yeah, IKF yeah. magazine. Yeah. Okay, so you. You basically got introduced to karting though because of Ed. Yeah, and and being and bo- the boat legitimately yeah. was as the crow flies two miles away from the Jim Hall School. It was you know conversations on the boat of yeah no, you know, no, whatever to, to get and some- here, here's here's this and I go oh well I want to go to Barber. Got I cannot it. afford to drop that uh-huh. kind of dough on that, but oh I can go do this karting thing right. And so I did you know the intro class right. and it was fun. And so then I stayed and you know signed up for the you know advanced class or whatever the hell they, they called it at the time. Right. And did the, you know, afternoon session. I was like, oh, okay. And then they're all, oh, well, you qualified to do our race series. Because you don't suck. No. I, I think they just take everybody's you money. You, you, guys work, you guys work at Cal Speed. You know how it is. <laughs> Everyone's the greatest driver you've ever coached in your entire life. And so, you know. That's how Mike got me here. That's how you sell stuff, yeah. right? I mean, that's. But that, that aspect of it is, you know, I mean, they're trying to sell you something. Right. But I had a legit good time. And I wasn't bad at it. Right. Like. 
compared to the other idiots that were there. Uh-huh. And so what I didn't know that took a while to know is that the karting isn't about being able to drive the cart that they put in front of you. It's about making the cart drivable, right? Uh-huh. So the school cart to your own competition cart is a whole different ballgame. But they said, hey, you qualified to do the uh, our race series. And, you know, the, the, the Ventura track was literally on the beach. Like, you go off track and there was sand. Like, it was a cool Sundowners race. I think it was Sundowners. Gold Coast. So Gold yes. Coast Cart oh, races. Okay. Gold Coast. Which race. ended up at uh, Willow yeah. eventually, yeah. And stuff. And so they'd had these races that were, you know, 100 entries, and people were parked on PCH, you know, a quarter mile away, and they're running their go-kart stands down PCH. Get out of here. Dude, that the far pit, away? The pits held maybe, I'm going to say, 40 pit spots, and that's being wow. generous. Wow. And this Ugh. is still back in the day with, you know, people in pickup trucks. Yeah, not taking up a lot of not, space. Yeah. Well, no, that's just it. Back in the day, it was all pickup trucks, yeah. which means... And if it was a full size, it was you were, you were randomly right, yeah. and so it was you know they they pit all along PCH there or Oxnard Boulevard whatever the hell it was, and it it was nuts. And so I went and did the uh, my my parents came back to town and uh, they're all I was what have you been up to? I'm all well, I got this race this weekend. And they're all race? What are you talking about? Uh, I'm doing this go kart race. You know, and I'm I'm an adult. I'm 21, 20, whatever it was, and they're all okay. And so my girlfriend at the time went up there. My parents went up there at the time, and I crashed out of the lead. Well, you crashed four, out of the lead. Well, crashed out trying to take the lead. Aha! Uh-huh. Mm. But it was like, oh, this is easy. Aha! Uh-huh. Because you know there were there time there were Emmett carts, KT one hundred. They were all set up. There was weight, but it wasn't like precise, right? But so, it was it, it was like a spec class. It was a school class. It was a school cart. Yeah. It was, yeah. And stuff on it, and so they they waited out, but it wasn't you know down to the down to the pound. So you know I had advantage being a hundred twenty five pound guy compared to you know some of the other guys on there. But admittedly, they sucked. <laughs> and so you, you know, sucked less. I sucked less exactly because right. yeah. I mean, but it you know it's a false sense of not sucking, right? Right. Because setup is so important. Yeah, you dude, know? I got this. This is easy. I'm going to be at Indy next year. The setup was keeping the weight off. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you nailed exactly. it. Don't eat. I did, yeah, yeah which was fantastic. You I had about McDonald's. I don't. Dude, I, at the time, I could drink a six-pack of Mountain Dew a day and not gain a pound. Oh, it was fine. That's so, nice. So you do this first race, and yeah, you get you crash out. You don't have a, the best finish, right? But when you were doing it, did you were you pretty fierce competitor, or were you pretty laid back? No. When it's you fierce. first started. It, it's fierce. I mean, you guys know here that, you know, I'm reluctant to do a Tin Man, even though it doesn't cost me any money. And right. you guys are happy to have me out there for the novelty of you know getting the photographer out. The guys like seeing me out there, so they yeah. can you know drive me off track and do 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 things <laughs> to me that you know they don't don't normally get to do. But it you know it, it's serious. If I put on a helmet, and it doesn't matter if I'm you know racing a mountain bike, I'm racing a fun cart for you know a fake race for a half hour endurance race at the Tin Man. Uh, I'll you want to sm- do good? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to suck. Mm-hmm. And it it's still competitive. I mean, as a grown ass man now, I have as you know realistic expectations. Like I know how hard the sport is. Like I don't expect to you know I downgrade you know the guys in the C main because they can't drive. It's like, dude, have you ever seen a race before? The apex was literally ten feet over there. Like, right. <laughs> like I f- I'm fearful for how they got to the track. You know. Yeah. And you so show up on a Sunday and look at Reynolds. Right. <laughs> exactly. So you know. So that aspect, but. Hence, please show up for Reynolds yeah. first. Drive right. the go-kart <laughs> and practice first. Do you know what a track is? Do you know what a cart is? Which you really don't think that you should have to ask, but you, you do, important. right? 
you know, it 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 it's key. And so So you're saying so is it, you're killing it not killing almost it. killing it. Trying to kill someone. <laughs> against guys who had not been there, don't know what they're doing, blah, blah, blah. And and me too. I mean, I was still new as well, but I was better. I was better. The... I was better than yeah. than them. And like there was one other guy that was, you know, decent enough too. But none of us were good by any means. Right. It was just who sucked less. But you got a chance to go out there and play see what things are about and, go, and it stuck the needle in the arm right like it was pretty fun, it was right. so fun and it was for the for the amount of fun that i had it was cheap right you know it was so much less than going to russell or barber or bondron right, or whatever right. it is and you know and over the years i've been to russell i've been to bondron i've been to skippy and you know there's stories involved with that too but it was a value like it was you know and it was a tight track like if you took half a cow speed like that's how that's track and then you know probably half the width and then throw sand right you know, yeah. it, and it's not like the sand stays off the track. That's oh no, 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 no. Like yeah. Santa Maria when the wind blows. Yeah. Oh, it's worse than that. Over. Yeah, yeah. It's, wor- it's worse than that. And you know, it's but so it was like, all right, that's cool. And then it was a, I don't know, it was probably a year before I bought a cart. But you know, you know, it was Ed trying to get me to race four cycle, and I was like, ah, four cycle sucks. This it's got to be two cycle. And so what was that? All the well, base, I, st- all I the- still hold on to that. Like I don't want to race four cycle. <laughs> you do it the tip, man. That reluctantly, he doesn't. He doesn't pay for it though. And, and <laughs> oh, that's true. And and you better have race in air quotes there. Nice. Yeah. But so like but, I've legit done one four cycle race in my entire life. So you you're getting pushing and doing the four stroke deal. And I just didn't like it. But you didn't like it. It was slow. You end up so you're, it's not fast enough for you. So that means you have got a little bit of an itch for X amount of speed. Right, but not the budget to just jump right into being Let's a shifter go. kart racer there beginning, in the beginning, because I would have done that if I could have bought one. So you get done with the with the hall school yep. and, the, and the race. Almost bought the cart because you could buy the carts from the gym hall school. Got it. And it was, you know, an old, I'm going to say like probably a 1990, maybe 1989 Emic chassis with, you know, and this oh, is ninety three ish. This is ninety three ish, and so so, it's so it was you know probably a three, modern. It was it was modern ish, right? <laughs> yeah. And but you know, a school motor, right? School clutch, all yeah. this everything, and it was. You're a, talking to Jim about buying it in his head. He's like, one every minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, because I mean, they sold a lot of them. Meanwhile, right. Sean's like, I drove it, dude. I know I tore that thing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you just think about the how many times I was in the sand, but yeah. and better than the other six guys that were so there. You get done with that thing, and you you've. The whole deal, and it's a year until you, you but know, Ed gets you back out. You had had an experience, so you go, All right, I've been out there, I know what the hell's going on. Yeah, I got this, I felt this, I know what the hell's going on. Oh, and by the way, these guys are <laughs> wrecking each other, brothers. <laughs> what, what about the well, how is that driving you into the sport? What is wrong with you, Sean? Beard? Okay, the, my first hockey game I ever went to. So I'm, I had season seats to the Kings for a long time. And so I, before I had season seats, I went to a hockey game and we were playing the Rangers. So I was like, oh, we got Gretzky, right? So I was like, oh, I'd seen hockey occasionally on TV, but it was like, I got tickets to a hockey game. So I'm like, oh, I'll go to the Kings game. And the anger that the fans have and the enthusiasm and everything. And so I watched, you know, a drunken guy get, you know, Ranger fan get up in somebody's business and they, pushed him backwards and he went, you know, the next row down, but nobody stopped him. They just kept pushing him. And he probably went 30 rows down. Oh my God. Like he full on crowd surfed it and people just pushed him down and down and down and not crowd surfing in a good way. He was just drunk, tumbling 
idiotic New York fan. He was kind of just landing on people and and they were just pushing him off of it and just going down. And the forum in the back in the day was steep as hell, right? So I mean, it was he had to be hurt. And I thought. (laughs) This is awesome if the fans take this so seriously, so right? So I became a hockey, hockey fan. For a month. Yeah. So I became a hockey fan off of that aspect too. And so it was like, this is full contact. Like this is, you know, this is awesome. Which is funny because like, both of those acts are pretty violent at Adams and at the <laughs> hockey game. And you're not a violent person. No, I typically not. No. Yeah. No. No. no but, that's, that's so funny. But, but I was, in, but I was inspired. Like, <laughs> yeah. If people care that much this could about happen, a know, club like, race to take out their own brother like that. Like, my sister and I get along okay. You're not going to let her beat you, though. I don't know if I'm going to care enough to cut the track to take her out, though. Oh, yeah, all right, all right. Know, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe for other reasons, but not for the race. And I mean, I'll crash you out for 27th. But, I don't know, I just respected it for some reason. Man. And then, you know, later on in life, you know, you know, hanging out with the Johnsons and everything, they're a good group of people. And they were very influential in helping me, you know, throughout the years. If I need, ever needed anything, you know, they, they were always there to, dude, you need a motor, take a motor. That's cool. So to get past the first year of your endeavor in karting, yep. you leave Adams that day and you're talking to um, Ed about trying to do four cycle, trying to do two stroke. What ends up coming of it? Uh, the recycler which used to be a classifieds magazine for you young people, Derek. I do know that. Okay. okay. Oh, well, yeah. look at you. So I bought, I bought a Bug 2000 with a KT100 on it that was painted mint green. And just in case you guys don't know, anytime somebody sells you a used go-kart chassis that has been repainted, there's a reason why. <laughs> so I bought a mint green Bug 2000. I bought the stuff. Didn't realize that the, uh, the clutch needed fluid. Mm. Nobody told me. Uh, went out for the, the guy that, that repainted the, cl- the chassis didn't tell you. He did not mention uh, that to me. No, so we went out to the, we went out to Adams and uh, I think we made it like three laps. Oof. Burned down a clutch. We're talking about like a Yamaha or something. Yeah, Yamaha KT100 pipe. Can't figure it out. Hearn uh, return at the time. Uh, Richie Hearn raced Indy cars, everything and stuff on it. So he was one of the uh, he was one of the SoCal Sprinter shops that or oh, okay. one of the shops that supports SoCal Sprinters. He said, "Oh, you burned down your clutch." Uh, okay. What does that mean? Yeah. I'll sell you a new one. Okay. So I give him, you know, 300 bucks and I burn down a clutch. And we're uh, still not telling Sean Beer that he needs to put any no, kind of fluid. No one has told me that. No, no really? one has told me that I put, uh, you know, and we, we know that you're either in the sport for three years or you're in it for life. Right. And we were really banking on three at this point. At this point, three I understand days. why I understand yeah. why three is a thing, right? Wow. So I burned down another clutch. So a and lack so, of information. And so then he's all, well, I only have blueprinted ones. Okay, so it wasn't 300 bucks. It was, you know, 450 bucks. Are you asking at this point, WTF, man? Yes. So I was like, what did I do wrong? Why? It doesn't, you know, it's 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 burned. Well, okay. And so... I'm just driving it, dude. Right. What I'm just, I, don't, I don't understand that. So Tony McGlazy from L&T Clutches, Walks up and he says, hey, "Hey, you're having some problems." And you uh, are getting everybody to sales pitch you at one moment when yeah, you're yeah. just going through all clutches. these sure. '90s teams and companies yeah. are right. going to be back in business. Right, yeah. Sean Beer But so I had a Horseman clutch. So this was literally his competitor's clutch. And I said, "I don't understand. I keep burning this down." And he says, "Well, how much fluid do you have in it?" And I said, "What? What is a fluid? Why? Why would I have <laughs> fluid in it? Well, these are a wet clutch. What?" He says, "You see these? These are sight holes." And you need fluid in there. Wow. He says, let me see if I can help you. So he rebuilt his competitor's clutch for me, gave me a thing of fluid, and sent me on my way at you know the SoCal Sprinters race. 
Right. Because, you know, I tried one day of practice and burned down my clutch. He rolled right you back know, over on, the horseman tent. On, He's yeah. Like, <laughs> on the you know on the Friday before the yeah. your before the Saturday race because we've all heard of how the the Jim Hall school went right yeah Indy five hundred on my way let's go we do one of these we're done I'm in yeah those guys <laughs> mirrors got nothing on me and so the uh, so it took a competitor's manufacturer to tell me that I needed fluid in my clutch wow and as you can imagine. I became an L&T customer at that point. It's a good Weird. business move, yeah. It, it, yeah. It was. I mean, he he had great customer service and stuff on it. And, you know, later on when I had the magazine and everything, Horseman was an advertiser as well, and Horseman always treated me really well. And there were times when I ran Horseman clutches versus L&T clutches and everything, but I will never forget that Tony was the first guy That's that cool. legitimately helped me on something that, I'm you know, I'm on, I'm a, over $1,000 deep yeah. into clutches before you, somebody told me that it needed fluid. You are a full-on uh-huh. rookie failure at yeah, this point. Yeah, 100%. Like, I am on my way to leaving the sport. Yeah. And you were on your own. It was just you at the track. Yeah, huh? it was just me and my dad. And my dad knew nothing about karting. I knew nothing about karting. Mm-hmm. The Ed wasn't there to help us. He would have known. But, you know, it was just, we bought a cart. Let's go to, the, I, I came back with so a cart and said, hey, dad, I bought a cart. Hey, we should, we should go enter that SoCal Sprinters race. Okay, when is that? Oh, that's in two weeks. You should practice once. Good idea. Burn down a clutch. Wow. Drive out to Monrovia, get a new clutch. Come back, burn down a clutch. Welcome to so welcome were, to karting. This wasn't at the track fix. No. This it was it was it, it was done. It I didn't have I didn't have a spare at the time. Look, like I, you know, I had nothing. Right, but there's no support of the track. Yeah, it was a practice day. It was a, you know, Friday practice, you know, same as here. Like you, you don't have the stuff to, you know, right. rebuild a clutch. So you end up getting a little bit of love from is it L&T? L&T, yeah. And you get back on track and you, Things get real, so a bit of a tumultuous first day. Yeah, but how does it go once things actually stay together? Not great. Still suck. <laughs> Still massively <laughs> suck. The cart stay together. I was gonna say, well, why is that? Yeah. Okay, so um, being a skinny guy, I figured that if you put buckshot in the frame, oh, I as, did this as a weight. I shouldn't say I. My dad did this. For that me. it would that would be great. It'd be easy way to easier than bolting lead onto the cart. But as we know, carts need to flex. Mm. Not so much when they're filled with double ot, like it was not effective, and it was it was an older chassis anyway and stuff on it. So like night races at Adams with that bug chassis, you could do okay, but the second you heated it up, track in general in general sans, sans buckshot, yeah, yeah, and sans driver, like uh, you know there was general, there was yeah. one guy that could drive. It was you know Bush could drive a bug at the time back in the day, and it just it was tight, like it was just it was. Didn't work when it was when it was hot out, yeah. And you got buckshot it, which the reason why it, it rings whole with me is because my dad put shot in our chassis, and I was a cadet and like. Did he fill it to the rim? I have no idea okay. what he did. Did you literally? Yeah, no, it was packed in there. Like oh, it was wow. vertically stood on its end, and as much buckshot as you could get in there was in there. Because I mean, I at you know at I think it was three ten was the weight for the pipe. I mean. I had to carry 40 pounds. I don't know what we had to do, but I, I our actual chassis was from Tracker. It was uh, Elmer Patterson was the guy who did it. And um, it was the, the main rail was one rail. He called it uh, Formula A. And the main rail from one side to the other side went all the way around, curved at the front, came back. So the entire thing was one rail from the front back instead of like some of the, you know, it's pieces. Right, right, right. Well, we stuffed that thing all the way full, as far as I remember. 
I'm gonna say like the cross members were, you know, it was welded in. Yeah, on so those, they were on those pieces own and stuff on pieces, it. but the main rail was. Yeah, so for sure, full. I had both side rails and the and the the mid rail with the with the motor mount. Completely how did you do the mid rail? How do you get the? Because it was open. The... It was open at the time. Like there was no cap on the end of it. So you had the bumper the that mid? yeah the bumper going into the into the two outside rails. And oh then, really? And then you had the motor mount, you know, rail for you know. Okay. That, and so it was just open. Wow. And so it was plug it. So yeah. And there's your weight. Yeah. Whatever it was. And there was the weight. Except for, to your point, and. Well, I mean, and we didn't know. No. Like, and we didn't know either. Yeah. Shit. We didn't know what the hell was going on about anything. So it's stiff as piss. At least. Alrighty. You're talking about a bug being a, maybe a challenge as the grip comes up. And especially with, you know, no experience. Like, I mean, we had yeah, no the idea. Yeah, driver ain't getting everything out of you it. Know, yeah, for sure. Th- you know, they said, hey, put it on the scales. Okay. Yeah. I need so, to be X weight. So, so I have bathroom scales and I'm looking and I'm like, wow. okay, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what my cross weight needs to be. I don't know what any what that even is. So out of the gate, you guys are like deep into the pool. We have no freaking idea what the hell's going on with this Zero, thing. yeah. Never mind the clutches, never mind the minimum weights, et cetera. So I have to imagine the first race you guys do is a bit of a shit show. It was, uh, I don't specifically remember, but I'm just going to 100% go with the last. And you're talking mm. about- If I even finished. Like, and, I don't even remember. If and I, you're 20-something, right. right? So you're senior, whatever. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have Is like, it novice? Is I, it the novice at that time? No, it was just KT100. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So no, so it was just, you know, an ass kicking. Yeah. Of, like, we don't know. And you're like, I'm so stoked I got into karting at right? this point. Yeah, exactly. So how did you go from that to wherever you went? Bought a new cart. Right out of the gate. Uh, within the first probably six months. So we're saying, basically, we're pointing the finger at the go-kart. Yeah, so... Whether we know one way or the other, oh, we're just Well, saying, we we all know that it isn't the driver. <laughs> I mean... How could I'm, it ever be? I'm new, but I know that. Yeah. Like, yeah. clearly. Did you guys see the Jim Hall race? Right. Come on. <laughs> like, we know it's not driver. So I don't know anything about the motor. Turns out the motor was actually a rocket ship, but... That's funny. Didn't matter to me, but I mean, yeah. it, it turned out to be one of those, you know, $3,500 back in the day Yamahas uh, yeah, where it was, you yeah, know, old school yeah. cylinder, like it was a rad motor, but doesn't matter if your chassis is full buckshot and it's, right. you know, an older cart and everything. So we bought a, uh, I bought a BRM chassis from, uh, from Return. Okay. And uh, it improved my, my performance a bit. How much buckshot was in it? Zero. Zero. We, went, oh, we, went, we, we went to lead, lead on the on the seat. Where are you starting to get some of this information? Where are you starting to get some of this? Uh, uh, just you know, getting direction. your ass kicked a couple of times from that, and then um, guys like Mike Johnson, you know, kind of took me under their wing back in the day. And uh, there was a guy, Steve Russo, that was uh, super helpful. And so um, the back row at Adams there was like the riffraff row, hmm. and so Steve had like. I'm going to say like a 1987 Nissan lowrider truck. And the first thing he was long hair shirtless. Another <laughs> <laughs> one of those long hairs. Yep. Converse were his driving shoes, you know, some chucks and the, uh, you know, he'd pull up to the track and he was really Spicoli like, right? Like it was, dude, <laughs> I know uh, that dude. Yeah, I know that dude. And, uh, the first thing he'd do is pull the speakers out from behind his seat and set them up on the, on his, you know, bed cap of his truck. His license plate was cart 37. Hmm. And that's cool. You remember all that. Uh, and so, and there was another group of guys, Eric and Chris kind of started at the same time that I did and they struggled the same, you know, similar ways that I did. And then, you know, Nash was out on the end and the, and they helped out a lot. And the, um, it was just, you know, a collective, you know, pity, I guess really of like, you know, that, 
that spirit that I hope still existed at club race. Fortunately, I don't have to go to club races anymore, but the, with the exception of Johnson on Johnson crime, <laughs> like the spirit of the club racing of, you know, helping everybody out. And it isn't all that serious on that. Like, yeah, everybody wants to win, but we're here to, you know, figure it out. Yeah. And, have some fun. and, and I wasn't, I wasn't a threat, right? Like it right. didn't make any difference. If they knocked a second off of my lap time, I was still a second off their lap time. Right. right? Like, yeah. yeah. I wasn't right. interfering with anybody's race. Gives the information freely. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just, people were helpful. Yeah. And that's how you stay in the sport. Yeah. You would think. So you start out again, tumultuous, as I said, where do things start to go your direction? Where do things start to transition? They never did. Here I sit. <laughs> <laughs> where do you start going from figuring things out, buying new go-karts, not putting sh- uh, lead in, in, in the chassis? <laughs> where do things start? Wait, oh, wait. Sean actually knows how to wheel a go-kart. I don't think that ever hit. Like, I would not say that I know how to wheel a go-kart, even back when I was running all the time. Okay. The... uh there were some races that I won, more races that I lost, but like on a good day, I was three, four tenths off the best guys. You still know how to wheel a go-kart, mate. So I, let's I know I you, don't. How about this? Let's give yourself okay. a smidge of credit. All right. Smidge of credit. You, you're not- I don't, I'm not the worst. You're not the worst. Yeah, I'm so, not the worst. It, it, was, it was a collective group. So, like it was honestly like guys like Terry Nash, you know, even though I was racing against his son, he would literally wrench on my go-kart. To make sure that you know, I made the main event or whatever. If I blew up a motor, you know, I was running two classes at the time, and I'd run a KT, and then at the time it was a Horseman 125, which was the precursor to the Leopard 125. And so I was racing against Seth, and he would literally prep my go kart for me. At some point, you become let's call it proficient in being yeah. able to wheel a go kart. Yeah. Can you point the finger at a single element that maybe? bumped you up from being the back end, like you said, the the riffraff, if you will, Adams um, to a mechanic okay. and and shop support. Okay. Mm. For for sure. Cause the you know the sailing mentality is always, you know, Dennis Connors who, you know, was the first guy to ever lose the America's Cup for America, right? Like he a great sailor until he wasn't. But the whole match racing aspect is is that, you know, you show up if a guy comes with a carbon fiber mast you show up in the next race with the carbon fiber mast because everything is in the boat because you're not going to lose as a sailor. Like I'm a better pilot than that guy is. Right. And so if we have equal equipment, I will always win. So I always had the mentality. Yeah. I always had good equipment. So every race that I lost, I lost because of me, Mm. because I had a brand new chassis. I had a rocket motor. I had a good clutch. You're making sure you can focus on you. The the only aspect that, is the reason that I didn't win is because I wasn't good enough to win. And, and that's something you made sure of. And that was, yeah, because it was, I learned right away that, you know, chasing, you know, the bug chassis, which was a fine chassis back in its day, but it was outdated in, you know, a, a two years later, you know, the Tony Esprit is still one of the greatest chassis ever built. Like I bet you a decent guy could wheel it around here and still win a damn tag race in a Tony Esprit from 1995. Like it was that wow. good of a cart because it made guys like me that, you know, didn't dedicate, you know, days and days and days of practice to their craft. They'd show up for, you know, soak out sprinters and practice in the morning, get two practice sessions and go out and race. Or IKF, you just show up for Friday practice and you, you race Saturday and Sunday. You were always close. Like 
that was the key was that you bought stuff that was, you know, there might've been faster stuff out there. Yeah, it brought your baseline up. Your baseline higher. was way higher on that. Yeah. So you could just throw it on the track from Adams and go out the next morning and race at Sundowners at, at Paris and you changed the gear. Yeah. You're and that was it. You know, it was all right. And that made a big difference. Right. So you're uh, early to mid twenties at this point. Yes. And you've invested a lot of money. For yes. for you know early to mid twenty year old in a short period of time yeah in a very short period of time um what were commitment. you commitment that's what it's, it's called actually old Jim Hall's fault actually it really is it's called debt <laughs> I mean I, I it was it was American Express there's the whole another story of yeah. me getting escorted out of a Bank of America regarding buying a go kart uh, but yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh my all right please remember that because okay. we got to talk about all that right. at that's least awesome. next time we have coffee yeah <laughs> um but what are you doing to finance all this. Like you did, you le- did say legitimately a credit card. Your credit card, but what are you doing for work at the time? Are you- I'm working for my family's printing business in okay. Santa Springs. We're printing TV guides and like yellow pages were okay. our, were our, were our key elements. So okay. we had printed in in heyday, like mid '80s. We probably consumed more newsprint than the entire state of Arizona. We wow. were Crap. we were you know multi million dollar printing company in the LA area in the time, and it wasn't enough. We wouldn't have survived regardless of you know stuff that happened anyway wow. but like we weren't big enough to continue on because wow. of you know the la market the competition uh, well when was the last time you saw a tv guide fair so uh, i mean, but, you know, I mean back aspect. in the 90s though I, right I, but it was still like it was still writing on the wall and stuff so, was getting phased out that way you know yeah and so you know our bread and butter was these things that you know we had no idea was going to go away like Right. My dad was terrified that the internet was going to, you know, kill printing, but it just changed printing. But the TV guide aspect, we were done for. Like we would we didn't, you know, we did community newspapers. So like and your mainstreams you, of revenue was going away. It was going away. And the community newspapers were going away. So it used to be like, you know, you lived in Santa Fe Springs, they had a community newspaper. Bell Gardens had a community newspaper. Downey had a community newspaper. Basically, and, newspapers are taking a shit. They were bought up by LA Times, Orange County Register. And right, so then right. it became, had local sections in the, in those. And so these, you know, short run local papers that we did no longer existed. But the department that I ran was, you know, sheets of paper, not rolls of paper. And so June of 96 was well, probably, it's probably May, maybe April, May. I said, Hey, you know what? If we had this mag, if we did a go kart magazine, I would get some stuff for free. That's just you. That's just me and You're dad. That. Me, dad, mom. Like, because you were already racing. Yeah, I was already racing. Like, hey, what would be a good way How to can get I race for, for less money? None, yeah. Or somebody none, else's yeah. money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we so have, it was your idea yeah. to start Go Racing Magazine. Right. But I couldn't have done it without my dad being on board, my mom being on board, all, right. all this stuff on it. And they had the, the wherewithal, they had the ability. No. No, they. My mom was just a sucker, and, and with an <laughs> with, with, awesome. with accounting experience. So literally, okay. she ran the books. She answered the phone. My, my, my our our original. I was saying they had the business. No, you had the idea. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, no, it it was it was a collective idea with me and my dad on like that okay. would be that would be a good idea because you guys were racing then. Yeah, you, we were, you two together. Yeah, yeah, he was. You know, we were using his pickup truck to you know go karting right. and stuff on it. And even though he didn't you know really wrench on my stuff, it for was a good still, couple of years, two, yeah, yeah. three, four years. Yeah, probably three years. And so it was you know, well, if we do this magazine. And, you know, we were trying to transition as a printing company into, you know, doing different stuff. But you did need, at the printing company, still need to find ways to make money. Yes. The magazine was not it. 
but it gave us an outlet to try some newer techniques like, you know, personal computing was still like, you know, we used, we had a typeset machine that literally printed out basically like a laser print of, you know, a row of text. And then you would lay it on a piece of paper with um, wax. And then that would be how you did the layout of the newspapers. Okay. So that was all replaced by a single PC computer with a laser printer. Okay. So like it was a million dollar system in 1981 that took up, you know, a room three times this size and then was replaced by one personal computer. Wow. So we really needed to step up our game, but we couldn't charge people for that, right? Because we were learning. Yeah. So you need to step up, which means capital expense to make the business better. However, to recoup said expense, you need to do something. It's going to cost you a lot at first. It was going to cost money, and you can't throw away customers' jobs, right? Right. So it was, hey, if we do this magazine... We can change the way that we do some printing stuff, and we can demo the way that. You and know, you said this is nineteen ninety six. So this was ninety six. Our first issue was June of nineteen ninety six. Go racing magazine ninety six. June nineteen ninety six. And so then our production manager on the other side, and one of our customers, we'll just call him Sean Arnold from CNC West, who I work for now. <laughs> they, we'll just call him. Yeah, yeah we'll just call him that. <laughs> the guy actually is him, and our production manager Leonard started a fishing magazine called Fish Taco Chronicles. At the Fish Taco Chronicles. Chronicles. Yes, which is still in business, and I still do covers for them. I still do a bunch of stuff Go for them. Go buy what some Fish Taco Chronicles. Right? Exactly. I feel it like all co- I'm in already, Going man. back to the storyteller thing, it all comes around, right? Yeah. And so they weren't afraid of us learning stuff as a printing company as well. So they're like, oh, hey, we can get free fish- fishing stuff. And I'm like, hey, I can get free go-karting stuff. So we started at the exact same time, the exact same month, with the exact same setup. Like we went down to Fry's and both bought the same Macintosh computer, same wow. Photoshop, Photoshop One. When you're spending that much on clutches, I guess why not start a it business? It wasn't even right, called exactly. Photoshop. It, it was just called Shop. Shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was no photos involved on it yeah. and everything. And so we basically used it to, you know, to bird dog these these processes for the printing company that you know we could expand our customer base on doing some uh, other stuff, and. Hopefully, get some stuff for free. Right. It did and not work out that way. It did not work out. It does not because it turns out when you get stuff for free, people expect things in return. What? I know it's nuts. So the whole neutrality thing of having a carting magazine and every cart shop in in the area advertises with you. The free stuff is a little bit different than the what you think you're going to get for free. Aha. Uh-huh. So, but it's still you know, afforded you different opportunities that I wouldn't have gotten had I not had a magazine, right? Out of curiosity, so I had to come with the name Go Racing. Dad did. Yeah? Yeah. And it was the future of font, and it was the most basic of all basics that we had. <laughs> right. And it was just, and but his thought was, process was, is that it wasn't carding specific, right? Like it, it could be anything. Right. Now, this is a guy who thought nine, one nine hundred numbers were a good idea and would invest in that. <laughs> but he had the forethought to at least not brand it specifically sure, yeah. carding, right? Like yeah. it could be anything. It could be sailboat racing. It could be potentially, yeah. It could be leaf boat racing. Like it could be anything. Right. And so, yeah. So that, that was all dad. So he goes, all right, go racing. Let's, let's make this happen. Yep. How do you, you, you go from somebody, you personally, somebody who's in carding, you're doing some carding doing some racing but arguably you're not in the limelight you're not in the the overall spotlight of karting i was on the cover of the second issue 
How did oh, you man. pull that off? Well, I was in like 12th, <laughs> but nonetheless, I was in the shop. You made the cover. Yeah, yeah, I made the cover. So how do you, how did you take this new idea of Go Racing Magazine, which to be fair, in 96, magazines were still a thing. Yeah. That yeah. was still a regular program. How did you go from, I'm a guy, nobody knows who the hell I am, if, we, if you yeah, will, yeah. to- uh, 100% as you will. Yeah. Brand new program. I, and, I, I went to the people on. that I knew at SoCal Sprinters. Okay. Like we, the month before, I went to LNT Clutches. I went to Hearn Competition Karting. I went to Pitts Performance. I went to these guys that you know that you know I'd been racing with at a, you know for a couple of years at this I'm point. I'm starting a magazine. I said, "Look, I'm in printing. I'm starting a magazine. We will give you the first ad for free." And so we produced a, I think it was 24 page magazine. I was going to bring one for you guys, but it was a lot of effort to dig one out of the garage. <laughs> Fair enough. And you guys weren't worth that. Uh, Fair. Um, but so we gave them the first ad for free, predicated on like what they could spend. So like Pitts, for example, was a big shop at the time. They could easily afford a full page ad, right? Well, I'm sorry. What was the spread? Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a part of your magazine. Where's the magazine going at this point? You guys have this point. We ability. don't know. Yeah. At this point, it was just going to be a regional magazine that, you know, we'd hand out at Tri-C's, SoCal Spinners, so stuff like that. Right? It was all manual. Like oh, every, you guys it, even gonna, until the day that I sold it, there was still so much that was manual about it. So you're wow. going to make the bloody thing. And then ship it? Yes. Or deliver it? Mostly deliver it because, you know, the hand-deliver personalization was what grew the brand, right? Back mm -hmm. in the day, it makes sense. And yeah. so, in retrospect, the having a free magazine was not the best idea because you need advertising to cover that, right? Right. So, because your advertise cost on yeah, advertising rates needed to be higher than what we were charging. Right. But the concept behind it was sound in the sense that, you know, if you were Pitt's Performance and you bought magazines from me, because like, you know, National Cart News was a thing at the time. IKF's magazine right. was a time. WK had a magazine yeah, at the time. Yeah, Carding News. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget. Carding Scene, I think, was WK's. Yep. And then National Cart News was about the only magazine. And there were a couple like small regional ones there. But you had to pay for that. So if you and wanted... Shift to Cart Illustrated, they happened a little bit later. That was way later, yeah. Yep. The Because um, Rob was actually editor of National Cart News for a long time. Exactly before he started, that. Yep. started his own deal. And that's when I first met Rob. But the... You know, National Cart News would sell a box of, you know, 25 magazines to Pitts Performance, right? So they'd have them on the shelf and they cost three bucks or whatever it was, but they cost Pitts, you know, a buck fifty. Right. So there's a big difference, but there isn't in a dollar fifty, right? So if a idiot who's burned down three clutches and nobody's told him to put fluid in his wet clutch walks in and you're clearly an idiot, there's hesitation of giving somebody something for free, right? So hey, I'm new, blah, blah, blah. Well, here, you should check out this magazine. It's got a lot of interesting articles in it. It's got some tech in it. It's got some whatever. Here you go. But it costs you something. You're less likely to hand it to that guy that may or name may not be a legitimate customer down the line, right? Right. But if it's free, you don't care. Like, you just throw them out, make it rain. Right. So our philosophy was is that we didn't want anybody to second guess giving somebody a free magazine. So that they'd leave whatever shop it was with something in their hand, whether they, you know, I mean, it took me a year to go from Jim Hall to buying a go-kart. So it was, you know, looking at the magazines thinking, oh my God, look at this one. It looks so cool. Even though you, you don't know the difference between this one, that one, or whatever, right? right. It's, all the, it's all the same. It's just like, oh, look at this ad. You know, you're just drooling over that aspect carding, of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, of it. So we wanted it to be free. And we just pitched it on that. It's like, look, it's going to cost you guys nothing. 
the first ad is free, predicated on like the size of your shop, like what an ad we think you can afford. Here's the price sheet. If you guys want to do the next one, then that's great. You know, here's what it's going to cost. This is what it costs. Right. And so we showed up at the track with, I don't remember how many we printed on the first one. I'm going to say we printed probably 500 issues on copies on the first issue. Oh, wow. It might have been 350, but. Uh, was that a big investment for you guys, or was that something you can comfortably do? It was it was comfortable enough because I mean you know we were buying you know millions of dollars of paper a year right like, right so throwing the paper in there wasn't a big deal. Me investing the time and you know doing it, my guys got paid regardless of what machine I was making or what job I was making to print. Right, the production right. part of it is is what it is. Right, because I mean about- I wasn't charging myself. To print it exactly yeah. because we were using that as a learning tool. Yeah, the guy doing the words, the guy doing the oh, that was pictures. Right. that was still me, right? Yeah, or yeah. or dad. We was took... not getting paid because he's getting the yeah. kickback. Well, that's right. My, and my, I forgot the, the, I forgot our phone about... number was the, my bedroom's phone number that I got. A, you know, a, for my birthday <laughs> when I was fourteen years old, I got yeah. a phone line, right? And so that was the go racing phone number that my mom. Congratulations, Sean Beer. Yes, exactly. My mom would answer if she heard it ring in the house, right? Yeah, and so it was. Go Racing Magazine. Hey, I just want to know if Sean can Sean, come out to play. Can Sean come out and play? Exactly. <laughs> he can. And, uh, you know, but so, you know, there were a lot of the costs that we that were That went able- all the way till he was 28. <laughs> what do you mean? If you call now, it still can Sean come out and play. <laughs> but, you know, we had fixed costs that, you know, other people wouldn't have had to pay, right? Right. Because it was a learning experience for us. Right. And our prices reflected that on the advertising. Our advertising was, you know, reasonably cost efficient for. Everything from like business card ad to a full page color ad. So pits for the entirety that I owned the magazine and they existed in business had the back cover. They legitimately had the back cover for life. I remember that, yeah. And that was the, you know, when I'd never talked to Chuck Pittenger before in my life, I'd always gone through Doug Fleming, who was out supporting the stuff at SoCal Sprinters, Tri-C's, Sundowners and everything and stuff on it. He said, hey, come into the shop. I built all the ads. Dad built all the ads. It was, you know, here's an ad that we think that you might like for this free ad that we're giving you and they could approve it. They could, you know, make changes, do whatever. And then we did this free issue. And so when I came in with, you know, a printed copy, cause I mean, everybody talks to talk, but do you show up with a magazine? Right. right? Exactly. And then it's real life. And Chuck said, why did we get the back cover? I said, well, you know, Doug's always treated me really well. And you know, he said that, you know, Oh, well, we're a big shop. You should, we should have the back cover. And we had nobody that was, you know, anywhere near being the size of them. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so there's no reason to argue with him on it, anything anyway. And Chuck says, okay, well, we want it for life. And wow. I like, and I was like, okay, not a problem. And so they had it for as long as they were in business and as long as I owned the magazine. Yeah, and, and talking about the Go Racing Magazine and that whole program, that's actually the first time I saw Go Racing Magazine was when I got back, quote, into karting. And that was in the My indoor- condolences. <laughs> I, I know who wrote it, who did it. It's called crap. Yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't to this guy. Oh, okay. And that right, is, which is what the value that we were shooting for, right? Well, it, I think that's the thing is that I remembered carding as a kid, and I had a romanticized feeling of what carding was. I'm getting into the early 2000s, and I start working at indoor track, and I'm back into racing. I'm totally stoked. And we have Go Racing Magazine that shows up, and it's, quote, free. Right. It, it was 100%. There was no quote. It was free. Well, I mean, to me, I uh, don't know any of the backstory. Right, right, I don't right. Know. I, I, did we pay for it? I didn't no idea. We paid shipping for it, too. That's how dumb we were. Wow. Yeah. yeah you guys killed it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at this thing that's it's, it's just a magazine on the table, 
And that's when I started realizing there was a bigger carding program. The last time I saw carding proper was in the mid-90s as a kid in front of my face. At Pat's. Yeah. At Pat's Acres. And then for my, for my own stupidity and otherwise, I was out of racing for that another 10 plus years. you ever did. I disagree. But uh, so I'm at this place and it starts showing up and I'm like, holy crap, racing is, go-kart racing is stupid huge. It's big, yeah. In the early 2000s and I'm watching Stars of Karting. I'm watching, you know, WKA, you know, Daytona Kart Week. And I'm I'm watching or I'm reading this magazine of all these things going on. And it got me so just ingrained in what the hell is going on. You're welcome. And I, dude, 100%. Dude, seriously. And I don't know if there's anybody else and be, you know, no, that was super cool if anybody else really? jumps you, on here. You, and be like, you've seen a copy of Go Racing Magazine that I was involved in. Well, I can't tell you for sure if you were involved in, but Go Racing was what a magazine. Um, 2000, oh man, seven. Okay, then yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say too, because you're also part of the game where we're actually we were working with you guys on the sport karting. Yeah, highlights. yeah, we were we we're we we're profiling exactly. The yeah, so we we had stuff at Cal Speed here. We actually, and again, that's another thing too. So I saw it back then, and then uh, and so what year did you come here? Two thousand eleven. Eleven. Okay. But uh, in two thousand, that really bothers me that I've known you that long already. It hmm. how could it not? Right. In two thousand three, I started at uh, at Sycart at the indoor track, and so we had it there. I don't think right what, away, but what what city was that in? Tigard, Oregon. Okay, and we had it there fairly quickly thereafter that. I don't remember exactly when, but we were doing like uh Luke Vasquez and those guys, they started the Luke the, Vasquez. They they started the the black flag racing with yeah. uh with Drew oh I can't remember his last name now. I don't remember his name either. Killing me. Anyways. Yeah. And they're doing that whole deal. And I was actually part of that whole time with the Sodi team coming okay, over gotcha. here and blah blah blah. But that's how I started getting like okay, there's holy crap karting right. it's, is it's it's bigger than fucking you. massive. Yeah. Holy shit. And right, but I mean, you know, we were spoiled here in SoCal. I remember, you know, talking to uh, Keith Freeber at Margate one time at, uh, I think it was like the 30th anniversary of the Quincy in the Park race. And so, you know, we're out to dinner, you know, on the Mississippi River and we're just chatting. And it was like, we we're just talking about like tow times. And he's like, oh, wow, you know, to get to a decent track for us. And this is, I don't know, 30th anniversary. So it was probably, it's probably early, mid 2000s. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, well, it's a, like, it's a four hour drive. I'm like, oh, you have to drive four hours to get to a real go-kart track. Right, yeah. You know, and so at the time here. Oh, man. Like, Mid-2000s? Yeah. So I'm like, a seven-hour seven drive, I could get to like 14 tracks. Right, you yeah. Know, easily, without even speeding. Yeah. And to think like these guys were driving all this way. You, you got know, NorCal, you the, got Vegas, Yeah, because I mean, eight hours, I, I can hit everything prior. I could hit Redding as my last. I couldn't hit, yeah, Med, right. I couldn't hit Medford in eight hours, right? Yeah. But I could hit. That was close. But it was close, right? Yeah. You know, if you branched out to 10, we could hit Oregon. Yep. We could hit, yep. you know, Utah, any of those. And some of these cats are like, it takes them a day. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to like, get there, I, you know, I, 12 hours plus. I went to, you know, Escusa Long Track National outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico one time. And it was just at this most random track ever. And it was a cool race. It was like, you know, half road race, half sprint race kind of thing. And it was a long track national. But 
that's in that 12 hour range, right? Like I'm literally driving to Albuquerque to go to this damn race. Yeah. And that's, you know, a standard drive for these guys in the Midwest. Man. And you're like, it's a whole different deal. Right. You know, no wonder they're so excited to go to a track, you know, to a, yeah. the 30th anniversary to race in a park with a crowned road yep. and squirrels falling from the trees and <laughs> like all the nuts things that are about these street races that they have in the Midwest that they love and that I like as a driver hated. I was never good at them. I didn't want to drive them. All you did is destroy stuff. But like they were so excited to go to these places. Is a little something different, a little, little extra. But being able to see, you know, you know, Pacific Northwest, you had four tracks you could get to in eight hours. Right. You know exactly that. And if you went to Spokane, like that was a big trip. Like you had to go yep. for, a, you know, it had to be a gold cup race or something I like was that. Just that say, you would go. I ran go gold that. cup in 2007 and it was like an eight plus hour deal to get to Boise, Idaho for Snake Rivers. You know, oh, and we Snake had, River, damn. we had freaking Richland, Washington with Tri Cities, uh, which is, you had Wenatchee, uh, which we never actually went to that okay. my particular year. All right. Spokane. Um, Spokane also was not on the schedule that particular okay. year, but it's in that realm. Right. Um, there's... Because um, Zalu's track wasn't built yet. Zalu wasn't there yet. There so was, was no Sumas. Yeah, there was only Pats. Um, and Chilliwack Medford. was around. Chilliwack, yep. It was... Uh, it oh, was no, on, that was... No, it was Comdex. It was uh, Greg Moore. Uh, Greg Moore is what it was called at the time. And we actually... Oh, so, wow. Uh, Okay, because before that, it was the Comdex. They raced literally at like the uh, the local. Like, That's before fairground. me. Then. Okay, okay, yeah. Gotcha. So I'm 2007 at this point. Gotcha. Um, but they ended up having, um, but dude, street races were a thing, right? And we had the Cascade Locks Cascade Locks Grand Prix. Oh yeah, my yeah. god! We, um, uh, not Go Racing Magazine, but Kart Sports Kart Sport, yeah. was there uh, doing their deal. Um, but the like weird shit right, but like that's still, that. That's still way late in my existence of you know magazine. Yeah, right? and you'd already been around for freaking. I was already 10 on my way out. Plus, yeah, exactly. You know? yeah, yeah. So I mean, things that I say that, back and then, yet here I sit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Magazine. Here you out of, are. Yeah. Out of printing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, so when I again go full circle there, right, and just talking about the magazine in general, the Go Racing magazine. I saw it, and it was a spark. Like I was a gotcha. Well, it was it was partially a spark. I was already sparked up by being a part of indoor karting and being in karting again. I wanted to go racing, right? And w- in like general. we, we really wanted, you know, the indoor people. Like you know, K One was a huge distributor of magazines for us. That was where I saw my first, and one, you yeah. know, and they and that you was know, after this because K One wasn't really grabbing the gear, and, and yet you know, and they ended point. up buying the magazine at one point in time, right? right? But right. the and then uh, what was the place down in uh, next to Andy's shop? The uh, oh oh um. Uh, Dromo. Dromo. Thank you, yeah. So, like, Dromo would go through, like, they were one of the few people that did pay to get extra magazines because he had such a flow that went through oh, there. Oh, man. And it was, you know, he'd get, you know, 300 magazines a month, and he could have gone through a 1,000 Dromo easily. One was one of the primary, if we really want to get into how arrive and drive, or if we're really being honest, how karting in general partially, like, there's a strong percentage of karting well, in currently, SoCal. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. in SoCal, that has a spur on air, has a growth from arrive and drive karting, yeah. from indoor karting. It's funny And it's talk, Dromo like... because people in arrive and drive were finding out about competition karting. The bridge between the two was this magazine where they started finding out about these other different elements. Well, I mean, you know, the Red Bull Challenge was... The, the driver's search. What was yeah. total bullshit 
Because we knew that a competition carter was eventually going to be the winner on that. So you would think. So we're going to go speed. I hosted gonna, it at Sidecar. Right. We hosted it again at but it, the other But it, it gave the the chance of hope, right, for yeah. the, for these guys. Because we know there's a big... Something to venture into. There's, and we know there's a big difference between sport karting, indoor, outdoor, and competition karting, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but you've got that hope aspect of it. And yep. so, like, that was the big crossover because there was no such thing as indoor karting when I started, right? It was, you yeah, could go to the yeah. Malibu Grand Prix. Exactly. That. And that was yeah. that was about the, the extent of you know, that or, you know, bumper cars, right? Yep. Yep. And so, bringing that to the forefront, you know, it was a huge way for us to get, you know, distribution, right? And add value to our advertisers because you're going to leave Dromo 1, you're going to leave wherever it is, you're going to leave K1, and you're going to say, there's got to be more for me, right? Right. Like, I want to go competition karting. And so you'd look at that magazine and you say, oh, I live in Orange County. Where can I go? And you'd say, oh, look, there's Giebler, there's yep. FTK, there's Yamaha of America, there's Two wild carting. There's and look at this big ass shit they're doing. Five cart shops here within, you know, a twenty mile radius of my house. Yeah. And I can walk in there and oh my God, they have the same magazine. Yep. Yeah. And you know, and there, as, there as was value SoCal, in that. As a SoCal person, it was saturated. Yes. It was mm-hmm. like, how could you know? No, it was it was, you know, it was the birthplace of carting here and it's the motherland. Yeah, like, absolutely. It one hundred percent. I mean, it oversaturated itself and we see, you know, where it's at. 30 years later on that aspect, like I couldn't do the magazine regardless of ad pricing, regardless of paper prices, regardless of, you know, any of those costs. There are not enough cart shops here to support the startup of, of the magazine of like just going with, Hey, we're going to do a regional magazine that covers pro cart West, whatever it's called here. Uh, CKC, Tri-C, SoCal. It just, it didn't make sense. Like, does Adams have its own nope. club right now? No. Nope. Does Paris have its own club right now? Yeah. You know, it's gone full San, circle. San Diego had way. three tracks. Yeah. Yeah, right. You know, you had shops in Temecula, you know, Dave's High Performance, you had Tibby Cart USA there, you know. The, yeah, DPK. You know, Dave's Performance Carning, when I first got here, was one of the, the big rollers. And now it's Dave's Jeeping. Like, he's always had Auto Doctor was his thing, but like, now if you want your Rubicon, you know, with 40 inch tires on it and everything, he's the place to go. Like, he's, a legit Jeep place to go. And he had a cart shop out of his business. Too Wild had, you know, yep. a cart shop out of their CNC business. You know, Pitts was huge. TNR was huge. You know, there were OG guys like Yamaha of America that were, it, you know, around for decades that you don't know how they survived, but they did. It's kind of like what you're talking about. If you think about TPK and Too Wild, whatever, it's not a lot different from Go Racing Magazine. There was a print shop Right, that started a magazine. That started a magazine. It's these to get stuff for shops free. that started a cart shop. Yeah. It's this other thing. So they're all trying to figure out how to do carting. But it's really paid off for Ryan, though, <laughs> <laughs> and Rahad. I think that's the that's the challenge with all those things trying to make money in the business, and that's where I mean, and 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 that was a problem, right? Because we were we were informal on stuff, right? Because I mean, not everybody was a friend, but like you know, we didn't have a hard payment system. So right. there, there were guys that didn't pay for six months. They were good for the money, but they didn't pay for six months. Right. And so we're floating this for six months, and that is not good business. Nope. And it was 100% us for not enforcing that in the beginning, but, oh, he's good for the money. 
Right. Yeah. You know, little lax because I'll see him at the track. I'll see him at the yeah. track. Yeah. He'll give us money, whatever stuff on it. But I'm not trying to get paid in December every year. Right. <laughs> and stuff on it. And so, you know, so that was a big aspect of it that, you know, now it's different. Like if you buy an ad on eCarding News, dude, your credit card's on file. It's game like, over. Yeah. It's, you're prepaid for the next one yeah. on this and stuff on it. And, you know, Rob really learned a lot from, you know, working in National Cart News to when he did, you know, what was Shifter Card Illustrated originally? Right. Of our mistakes. Sure. You know, of like, hey, you know pay what? Pay attention. You right? have to pay, prepay for all these ads. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I mean, we. The I handshake we, deal only gets you so far. Right. right. And, yeah. but we started that way. So, like, you can't retract that, right? It's tough. It's, it's yeah. really hard to say, hey, I know you've been to a customer for up. five years and that you pay at 90 days, but we really need you to pay at 30. Yeah. Or we need you to be COD. You, you can't do it. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges of trying to make a, a business in the, in the carding industry. Yeah. That was part one of the Fullcaster Podcast, episode 47 with Sean Deere. Be sure to catch part two as well. 